Well, good day and welcome to episode 37 of the Aussie Church Leaders Podcast, where our goal is really simple. We want to help you inspire more people to follow Jesus. I'm your host, Chris Podlick, and we are really, really excited uh, for this episode of the podcast. If you are new here, firstly, welcome along. Thanks so much for stopping by. We hope you find this content helpful. Here on the podcast, we like to do two kinds of episodes. We like to do leadership episodes, which is where we'll take a thought or an idea around leadership, and we'll kind of hang out and talk about that. And usually we do that with uh, our other awesome co-host, Riley. But we also do the type of episode we're going to jump into today, which is a lean-in episode, which is where we get the opportunity to hang out with leaders across Australia and lean in to part of their journey. And I'm really, really excited for you to be a part of this conversation today, because today we're going to be leaning into a good friend of mine called Jason Perkins. Jason has a career in ministry, but also a career before that. And currently he heads up the network of irresistible churches here in Australia. And why I think Perko's conversation today is going to be so, so helpful to us is because he's talking around the idea of soul care. We all know that in leadership, there are pressures. There are so many pressures to perform. There's pressures to meet certain KPIs. There's pressures to feel like we have to have more people in groups and more people tuning in on social media and more people at our youth ministries. And that pressure can kind of feel overwhelming at times. And so Perko is gonna give us some really helpful ways that we can care for our soul while we're in the crucible of ministry. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Jason Perko Perkins. Perko, welcome to the podcast. It is, it's great to have you on. Um, and I'm excited because I, I learned so much from you because we're mates outside of the podcast and and you and your wife, Kristen, have been such uh, a blessing to Emma and I over the last sort of, what's it been, 12, 18 months that we've known each other? Yeah, yeah, it's been getting on there. And so because everyone on the podcast doesn't know you as well, and I don't want to like, you know, those weird conversations you have with friends and everyone else is listening in, like, I feel outside, like, I don't know what those two are talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought a question to get us rolling would be like, what's just give us the the reader's digest or the quick overview of your story. Um, yeah, who is sure. who is Jason Perkins? Yeah, mate. So I um my story actually starts before I was born. A significant part of my story is my parents moved to Australia uh, before I was born. Actually, just a couple of years before I was born from the United States, and I always say that that's a significant part of my story because I'm a dual citizen by birth. So born yep. to American parents, but born in Australia, raised in Australia, but with heavy American influence. So my, my entire extended family lived in the U S grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, all that sort of thing. And we would go back to the States as a family about every three to four years. Cause my dad was a church planter growing up and had financial support from churches in the U S here in Australia to start churches. And so, yeah, long story short, grew up in both cultures, actually did year nine and year 12 um, of high school in the US in Florida. So lived in Orlando, Florida, played a lot of soccer and basketball. And so played that in high school and um, was actually going to stay in the US and play sports in college over there. Yeah, right. But right after high school, my parents decided to do a short stint of missions work, church planting, 
in, uh, in the Czech Republic. And uh, that was because back then in the early 90s, the, uh, you know, the communist bloc had just fallen. The wall had come, and da- come down in, in East Germany and so on. And, and so all those countries were being opened for missionary work. And my yeah. parents went and uh, started a church in Prague. And so I lived actually in the Czech Republic for a year instead of going to university and college in the States. And while I was in the Czech Republic, we were teaching English over there and using the gospel and using the Bible to teach English in, in high schools and that kind of thing. It was a fantastic experience. But it was while I was there that I decided not to go back to the States, go to college, but came back to Australia um, and went to university here in Australia, was a PE teacher by profession. I right. uh, got married. Primary, primary or high school? High school PE. Yep. Excellent. Um, yeah. They're the so, good kind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, PE teachers are a, a great bunch of leaders. So um, yeah, my wife and I got married, I think it was a week before I finally passed my last exam of university and um, went into ministry after that, did a little bit of teaching in kind of Christian school setting, but got heavily involved in camping ministry, which led us actually back to the US where I was involved with a camp ministry called Word of Life for a long time, then got into, got into pastoring in the US, uh, got connected to a network of churches in the US um, that are tied to a church in Atlanta called North Point Community Church. Some people might know Andy Stanley, uh, the lead pastor there. And uh, so, yeah, was involved in that network of churches for uh, a long time in a church in Texas and then one in Colorado. And then eventually came back to Australia, actually now two years ago almost, um, to help lead and start a network of churches similar to that network in the States. And that's what I do primarily now is I I lead a, a network of churches called the Irresistible Churches Network. So, yeah, that's my Reader's Digest version, probably a little longer than what you needed or were asking no, for. No, I no, I love it. And you also left out the fact that uh, you also have your own podcast, Perco's Podcast. Yes. Shame, yep. Shameless plug for it. Um, yeah, thank you. And we'll, we'll link to that in the show notes. And you, Okay, cool. I love the, the idea of your podcast, which is to help leaders reach their goals without losing their souls. Some of the podcasts you have are just absolutely fascinating. Um, I was listening to one recently. I'm going to, I'm going to forget the guy's name, but he grew up in a castle. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, Peter Thomas from. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, that some of those podcasts where, and particularly that episode where he was talking about how he stopped being, um, I forget the term of it. It was stopped being like a, a Christian or, yeah. and then became like a, like a Christ follower that yep. like, so if you, if you listen to the podcast, I would, jump on across to Perco's and check out some of those conversations because they're, they're fantastic. I wanted yeah. to, I wanted to backtrack because you, you mentioned that when you were in the Czech Republic and that, that is, um, and then you went to university in Australia and then after the yes. university, you kind of jumped into ministry. Yeah. Now I want to ask th- this question, like, was that, was that a call or is that an opportunity? Cause it's a very American thing. And I don't know Well, I, I kind of, say it's more American having lived there myself, that people go to university for four years and then jump into a career that is not connected in any way, shape or form. To what to they what... studied. Yeah. And I only say that because I had a guy at uni with me and he was studying education. And I said, oh, what do you want to do when you leave? He said, I want to be a construction worker. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> but that seems to be a trend. So was that, was that your goal? Was it like, or when you went into uni, you were like, I'm going to be a PE teacher. I want to be a PE teacher. And then a moment happened that kind of 
transitioned you are of you felt called into ministry there yeah for sure no i i was planning to be a pe teacher like i loved sports growing up and especially loved coaching um and so went into uh to pe teaching thinking that it was going to be a great opportunity to do coaching shout out to pe teachers really quickly they do way more uh than just play sports and coaching which is why i actually got out of it i was like this is not what I signed up for. I wanted to just blow a whistle and like coach sports teams for the rest of my life. And poor PE teachers, they end up teaching like health lessons and personal development. And they got all sorts of marking to do just like every other teacher. And so long story short, a couple of years into PE teaching, um, really a couple of things happened. I, I discovered that it wasn't really my passion to do all the other ancillary things that that I didn't think I would have to do as a PE teacher. Um, but then I also just was invited uh, into some ministry opportunities and it was a great fit. And I, I will say this, a lot of what I've done in ministry and even still today, a lot of what I do has coaching involved in it. And I find it fascinating that my PE background, although it's not always sports coaching, I'm coaching leadership or coaching in other areas of life, the coaching principles are very transferable. And so I'm really grateful for the, the, uh, the, the university degree, even though I didn't go down that line of work. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I love that's fascinating. Cause I actually didn't know that you, um, you spent some time in, in Prague. So there you go. Yeah, I'm yeah. learning stuff as well. Yeah. Well, Prague's well, I think by the way, just a quick shout out. Yeah. To Prague, I think it's the most beautiful city in Europe. It was never touched by any of the wars, the Germans and the Russians and, and the other world wars. They just came into Prague and never had to, bomb you know like they did in other parts of europe and so prague just is this beautiful old historic city and i loved every minute of being able to live there it was super cool i love well once the borders reopen that prague is going to be on my list of places yeah. and we mentioned um we did mention that the goal of your podcast is to help leaders reach their goals like coaching thing that you talked about without losing their souls and primarily what we're going to talk about today is this area that you're super passionate about um and it's an area that i've i've learned so much in um spending time with you and i think it's reshaped how i think about this area and the ideas that come to mind in a really in the best way possible um and it's this idea of soul care and yeah. so before we jump in um because i'm sure there are leaders that as soon as i say soul care maybe have some of the ideas that i have you know just a a monk sitting in like a castle or you've like closed your <laughs> blinds and you just sit in silence for six hours or all you do is read your Bible. How would you define it? Cause it's such a loaded term. How do you define soul care? Yeah. So I define it actually with a definition that I learned from somebody else, a mentor of mine, a guy named Lance Witt, who really introduced me to this whole concept of soul care back in around 2016, 2017. Um, and Lance defines it this way. I love his definition, which is why I decided not to come up with my own definition. I'll just use Lance's and give him credit for it. Um, he says it this way, that soul care is tending to the garden of your inner life. And I love, I love that definition because it really gives handles. I feel like it's given some handles to what it means to do soul care, because it can be a little bit fuzzy, like what you described, Chris, you know, people just sitting in a monastery and doing a silence retreat, um, you know, for two days or whatever, which for this guy 
when I was first introduced to soul care, I would have said, shoot me now. Like nothing yep. could have been worse for my soul than to do a two day silence retreat. But silence retreats, I think is a part of soul care, but I think the idea of tending to the garden of your inner life is a great kind of way to encapsulate some of the practices and things that we do. It's like tending to a garden. And so there's watering that needs to go on, there's weeding, there's fertilizing, there's sunlight, there's all the different parts uh, that a garden needs to be tended to. The same thing goes on in our inner life when it comes to soul care. And I, I, I find that image super helpful because uh, yeah. I think particularly when sometimes, I don't know, when we think of soul care, like I said, the, the, there's those pictures that just don't seem like fun. And I get that some people might not think gardening is fun, but I think that it kind of highlights the process that it's not yeah. just a, you go in and you fix it. It takes time. Um, there are some boundaries and we'll talk about some of those boundaries related. Like it's got a certain patch. Um, and I think this idea, well, I was thinking about it as you were saying it, like this idea of um, slowing down this idea of emotional health. It's, I feel like it's become a big topic in culture, maybe over the last 15 years, the idea of, Hey, there's a, there's a psychological, there's an emotional side to us that we need to, talk about um and i know like perma plus like positive psychology has been really big in the education space as well but then also in the last sort of three to five years it's become more and more prevalent in christian culture particularly the idea of like soul care um and some of our listeners you know anti-haste we're talking with them about john mark comer in a recent episode and, and his book the ruthless elimination of hurry and Jefferson Bethke and Rich Velotis and Nathan Finocchio have all written books about like hearing from God, slowing down, popularizing the idea of soul care. And so as someone who's in this space, why do you think it's regaining popularity or why do you think it's gaining momentum at this point in time? Yeah. So all of those people, by the way, that you mentioned have been highly influential in my journey. So I would just recommend all the names that you just recommended and their books. So Rich Velotis and, and uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, John Mark Comer and uh, Jefferson's book on, um, on slowing down as well. Like I, all of those things, I think he wrote To Hell with the Hustle and a few others. Yes, that's it. Yeah. So, mate, we'll, we'll, link, just, we'll link to them in the show yeah, notes for everyone. Highly recommend all of those books. Here's what, here's my opinion on it. And uh, this is just Perko's opinion, so take it for what it's worth. I love this phrase. If my wife was here today, she'd be rolling her eyes as I'm about to <laughs> share this phrase because she's like, oh, yeah, I've heard that one like a million times. I love this statement. I'm not sure who first came, who first said it, but the statement is this. The system is perfectly designed to get the results that it's getting. And a lot of different business leaders have, you know, have used that phrase and, and I love it. And I would say the reason why I think this idea of soul care slowing down and some of these writers is, is resonating so well with culture today is because our system in culture has been perfectly designed to get the results that we've been getting and people are unhappy with the results. We're exhausted we don't feel like we're accomplishing what we really want to accomplish in life. We're not finding the meaning and the purpose in just racing through life, accomplishing all these goals, trying to live the Australian or the American dream, whatever it is. Our culture's system 
has been getting a result because it's perfectly designed to get the results we've been getting. I think people in culture today in society are just fed up with the results they've been getting and they're looking for a new system. I know that's my story. My story was everything was up and to the right in ministry. So church had growing, it was growing and, and we're seeing new ministries take off and people getting baptized and, you know, small groups, our, our small group ministry was like triple in size. And we were seeing yep. more than triple the amount of people volunteering and serving in the church. So all of the things were up and to the right, as far as a church leader is concerned, it was fantastic. But my soul was being crushed. I literally had no time for the things that mattered most in life. I felt like I was always behind, like I was never accomplishing enough. I always felt like there was more to do than time to do it in, all those things. And so I just finally said, hey, the system is not working. It's not getting the results that I want to get. And that's what drove me to explore this area. In fact, it's what drove me to first reach out and connect with this mentor that I mentioned before, Lance Witt, who took me on a journey that has literally revolutionized my life. And I would say I've done a complete operation system re reset where I've gone from my operating system in the past was kind of a PC if you use computer analogy, and I no longer, I didn't just make some tweaks to the operating system. I removed it and I switched to a whole new operating system um, and, and have seen great results come out of that spiritually, um, physically, mentally, emotionally, all of the above. So that's, that's my answer to why I think it's gained so much traction. And you kind of touched on the, the idea of Lance, um, wit being influential and, and a little bit of your personal journey. And I want to go there in a moment, but, but before we do, there was something that you kind of, even the, the, the way that you frame that, like the system is perfectly designed to get the result that it, it's currently getting. I've seen a lot of, or, or what my, uh, some things that I see when I read it, it's kind of this idea of like, some people are taking this and it's like, let, let me use this as a way to avoid actually engaging with the world. Let me use some of these practices as oh, I can't possibly do X, Y, and Z because now I'm engaged in soul care. This is my kind yeah. of baby. So as a preface, before we get to that, do you have any comment on like that kind of tension that people feel um, yeah. or people might be observing? Like, is this just me kind of saying like, ah, no, nah, I'm not going to do anything. Hands off the wheel. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it could be easily used as a way to kind of check out. But yeah. here's, here's what I would say is soul care, we get all of what we're talking about from the life of Jesus. And when you look at the life of Jesus, he practiced all of these things that we're going to you know, talk about as it relates to soul care. And yet he was just as active in ministry as anybody and just as effective, if not more effective than any of us have been in, in ministry, obviously, but it all flowed out of this incredible union with his father, which is really, I think, that the end game or the win for soul care is this constant living in loving union with Jesus and abiding in Jesus. And naturally, we know this to be true, that when you're abiding in Christ, there will be fruit that comes out of that. So there's going to be an activity that flows out of that being with Jesus. I just think for me, I had it around the wrong way where the activity of doing for Jesus came first. 
and there wasn't yep. a lot of being with Jesus. Um, but I don't think you can say, well, I'm just going to check out of any activity and engagement in the world or in ministry or in mission. Because if you're being with Jesus, the natural flow of that will turn into activity of doing for Jesus. Mm, and I, I like that I, that contrast you make of being with Jesus and, and doing for Jesus. And I think that's a good that's a good segue for us to kind of talk about that moment in your life. You know, was it was it something that kind of gradually came or that you kind of, you know, you were sort of saying everything was up and to the right? Was it a, just a process where you felt like, ah, oh, something's not quite right? Or was there a moment where you're like, oh, man, like the curtains have been pulled back. I need to do something about this. Yeah, I would say I had a low grade frustration, constant frustration, you know, kind of like a low grade fever that you just can live with for a, a period of time. But every now and again, it will spike. I had this low grade frustration all the time, um, but it would it would spill over into anger, oftentimes over the smallest of things. And I actually okay. think that's a great that's a great indicator of your soul not being at peace and your soul not being in a good spot is that when your response to things is far exaggerated than the actual circumstances that you that triggered your response, when your response is is not equal to the circumstance. I think that's a great indicator. Go ahead. And would that um, would that be like anger is one way that that could manifest? What are some other ways that you could you could see that like exaggerated response kind of come out? Yeah. So like going into depression or into a dark spot because of one person's you know email or comment side comment that normally in a normal soul kind of setting. You would go, oh, that, you know, I appreciate that feedback or whatever. But when your soul is not healthy, you dive into deep despair because of one little comment or one little, you know, email that somebody sent you about something that you did. And I was, I was seeing that on a consistent basis. And my wife was seeing it on a consistent basis. And that's when I was like, hey, I need to get some help in this area. I need to see, see if I can get some help to not be living this way all the time. And was that, um, were these practices or this kind of, was this new for you or was this like, cause you know, you grew up with family that were church planters in ministry. Was this something that you'd seen practiced in your life or was this kind of like brand new learnings for you at this point? So I, I grew up Chris in a great home and I'm super grateful for my upbringing, but the practice of really tending to the garden of your inner life, I would say was primarily the focus of like a morning devotions. So if you get up and you read your Bible and you spend a little bit of time in prayer, that's about the extent of what you need to do in order to tend to the garden of your inner life. And so that's not a lot of gardening when you think about it. You spend 15, 20 minutes or 30 minutes, you know, in, in a bit of Bible reading and prayer in the morning. And then you, I would go about my day and by nine o'clock in the morning, I'm already like swearing at the guy that cut me off in traffic or, you know, upset about you know, some email that I got. And I'm like, man, that, where is Jesus in all of that? It's like this idea that I fill up the tank in the morning, but by nine o'clock, my Jesus tank is like empty and, and yep. I'm not really abiding in Christ. I was just, you know, doing a devotion every morning. So the idea of soul care and really practicing some things that helped me to abide in him all throughout the day, that wasn't something that I was taught or modeled 
Um, and then when I, you know, began, began to go through the, the conversations with, uh, with Lance, I began to understand that there was this rich history throughout church history, literally thousands of years of people practicing things to help them with this abiding in Christ all throughout the day and all throughout their lives, not just a devotional in the morning. So that was kind of my background. It was new for me, 2016, 17. This was all brand new territory for me in a, in a lot of different ways. And so where was the, where was a, the starting point for you? Or what was some of the, because I know now when we, we catch up and talk, you've got, you've always got like a new app to share, a new book and <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah. but for, for your actual journey to it, because we're what now five or six years on from that point, maybe five-ish, what what was the starting point that kind of got the ball rolling for you? Yeah. So Lance shared with me, he actually has written a couple of great books, one of which is called Replenish. And that's a phenomenal read. I would say that would be an ideal place to start if you wanted to look at what is this idea of soul care and, and replenishing your life, replenishing your soul? The other great book that was super helpful for me was um, Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership by Ruth Haley Barton. That was just a game changer for me. So good. So good for me. So I would say that was, that was, those were significant starters for me. And then when it came to actual practices, Chris, I think one of the big practices for me that I began to consider and began to actually apply to my life was the practice of Sabbath. So I think Sabbath, I'm not saying that Sabbath has to be the starting point for everyone, but I do think that one of the, one of the habitual things we have to break in our culture is this obsession with speed and the pace mm. at which we live our lives. Sabbath was the tool that helped to break that habit for me, that addiction to faster, bigger, better, all those kinds of things. But that could look different for other people. But I do think that the addiction to speed is something that has to be broken when it comes to soul care. So whatever that looks like for you to, to learn how to slow down, it looked like Sabbath for me. For others, it might look differently, but I think those are some great places to start. Well, we're going to leave the conversation with Jason there for part one. Next week, we are going to release part two of this conversation where Jason's going to expand more upon what it means to Sabbath. And he's also going to give us some really helpful frameworks for understanding the garden and the picture of soul care as tending to the garden of your inner life. I just thought Jason's definition of soul care was really, really helpful. This picture that we are tending to a garden, it's not something that can be done straight away, but it's something that's always going to need extra focus. And hey, if you want to check out any of the links that Jason was talking about, you can do so by checking out our show notes. And while you're down there, why not leave us a rating or a review? That helps us connect with other Aussie church leaders like yourself. And while you're giving it a rating or review, if someone's name comes to mind that you think, hey, they would really benefit from listening to this conversation, why not share it with a friend, spread the love, and hopefully you will inspire them to help more people follow Jesus.